he told me that you pull a vacuum through your through your gauges and then you close off your valves and you watch and see if the needle bounces. And I told him after a couple days of vacuum procedure research, I said, we will not be doing that. At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. So that was Brittany Kugel off the top. And Brittany, I'm so hoping I'm saying your last name right. I know you told me, but I'm so forgetful. I repeated it back in my head. And anyway, I hope I'm saying it right. That was Brittany, guys, off the top, refusing her boss to pull a vacuum his way and doing it her way, a a more efficient way. You're going to have to listen um, because she talks about her vacuum setup during this episode. Now, Brittany's only been in the trade for two years, but has really impressed me during the conversation about her knowledge and kind of just her her terminology and all that kind of stuff she wants to be the best she's going to talk about the steps she's taking to become the best and what she's going to do with that knowledge once she gets there and guys just full disclaimer here uh, i was using my um i guess my webcam mic because my other mic was kind of acting up on me um the cord was anyway so i was using my webcam mic and It's still clear as day, but it just, it sounds like I'm sitting like five feet away from the mic. But anyway, you'll get it. You'll, you'll hear this conversation. Let's get to this. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. This podcast is sponsored by the Master Group. Recently had a chance to visit their local distribution center in Vaughan, Ontario, and they got a couple of training rooms inside. One is all hydronics with a couple of, well, more than a couple, some wall mount boilers in there. The other one has some ductless equipment, plus it has some residential ACs and furnaces. If you guys are interested in some of the training they are going to be providing at this facility, uh, I would reach out to your local sales rep or reach out to your local branch and inquire about it because it's a cool facility in Vaughan, Ontario. Check out master.ca. This podcast is sponsored by Cintas. They provide uniform solutions for all kinds of blue collar trades. They have Carhartt stuff. They got uh, a wash service. Well, they'll, they'll wash them and give them back so you don't have to do laundry anymore. All kinds of solutions for your team. So if you're interested in, in looking into their uniform solutions, and there's all kinds of them, there's a landing page that you should check out. It's Cintas.com forward slash HVAC. Know it all. That's C I N. TAS.com forward slash HVAC know it all. Welcome to the HVAC know it all podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Brittany, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. So we've been trying to hook up on a podcast for a few weeks now, and it just hasn't worked out. It's either I've had to cancel or you've been busy, or I don't remember what the reasons were, but we're here now. So I'm I'm glad. And, and I'd like to talk to you as a, a female in the trades about a bunch of stuff, because I mean, if, if we're going to face it, we're still in a predominantly male dominated industry. And you broke your way in. You're you're doing well from what I see on on TikTok and stuff like that. And you got a sense of humor and some wit about you too. So I'm sure we can have a, a really cool conversation. So let's start with let's start with this. Why did you get into, or what kind of gave you the idea to get into the HVAC trade from the beginning? Well, um, I was working as a carpenter, believe it or not. Another male dominated trade, of course. So I really enjoyed it, but the, the owner of the company passed away. So the other owner actually owned a plumbing and heating and air company. So I asked, Hey, do you have any room for me over here? I don't really want to do the poo, but HVAC sounds pretty cool. (laughs) I could do that. 
Who wants to do the poo? <laughs> no one. No one. <laughs> they pay well, I promise. It, yeah. it might be worth it to some, but not me. But uh, I talked to our main HVAC guy, and he said that he'd been looking for a female forever to be a service technician. And I said, well, I tell you what, I'm a female, so that's that's kind of perfect. If you train me to do the job, I'll I'll be glad to do it. And so I started, and I worked my way up from green to having my own van and running my own calls. So Nice, nice. And how long ago was that? I'm actually only two years in right now. I just got oh, my you're journeyman. Only two years in. Oh yeah. wow! So I honestly like from the videos I've watched. Like I haven't seen a ton of content of yours, but they they come through my feed, and I thought you were in the trade for a lot longer than what you were, just because you, you had. It seemed like you had such a handle on on what you were kind of talking about, or or the terminology you were using. So where like you got that southern accent? Where are you from? I'm from Kentucky. Okay. And just so the audience knows, I know nothing about Brittany. And this is the way I like it when I interview somebody because I get to learn about them. And you guys get to learn along with me. So you're from Kentucky. And that that state, is it like what happens in the wintertime? Do you have a heating season at all? Because I really don't know much about that Kentucky. And I, I know obviously you're going to be warm in the summer because you're a Southern state, but what about in the wintertime? Yeah. So like in the summer we hit like 102 degrees Fahrenheit. And then in the winter it's, it's uh, our coldest was about 10 degrees Fahrenheit. I'd say last year. So, okay. I mean, it gets pretty chilly, but I mean, it's a pretty short season, only a few months. We don't get a lot of snow either. So. But you're getting well below zero, which is enough that people are going to need heat in their homes. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, I mean, you have, I, I seen you do in a, uh, <laughs> one of your videos with, was with, uh, I think it's you and your apprentice and like, it's different job sites and yeah. you're like walking in and he's like, yeah, I screwed up again or something like that. So <laughs> you, you guys seem to have a lot of fun on your job sites. You want to talk about how you keep up morale and stuff with sort of like humor and stuff on job sites. Cause I, yeah. I mean, when you work, you got to have fun. It can't be all, it can't be all nuts and bolts talk. You got to have a little bit of fun, right? Oh yeah. So the condensers, we had a, a leaking coil on one and then another tech found a leaking coil on the other. So it was like back to back day to day coil swaps. And I was like, dude, I'm going to go grab this coil. And I'm going to come over here. You just like start cleaning up or do whatever. And so I, I walk over with the coil and I'm like, I have my phone out and I'm like, man, what did you do? And he said, well, I broke it and it was perfect. <laughs> so I kept it. And then we did it the same the next day. And he said, I broke it again. So, I mean, it just turned out to be perfect for a, a little sequel video. So I made it into a TikTok. but yeah. <laughs> we, we try to have fun every day. I mean, to just break up the monotony, it can't all be just pulling your hair out. Oh, 100%. You can't you can't make it boring at work. If you do and you you're going to start hating your job and if you hate your job, you're not going to want to wake up and go to it every day, right? Exactly. And I, I, I want to ask you about another video you had on TikTok cuz I believe I shared it. I think because it was so funny. I might have shared it on my story on Instagram. But it's like a comedian's voice, like a down south southern accent comedian's voice and you're showing some random hack job like it's just it's a disaster was that an actual call that you went to that was an actual call so they called. Tell, tell us about that because i don't remember exactly what was going on but wasn't there like all kinds of weird fittings and stuff like that involved in oh in it, how that thing was put together it was a mess so they called and said they couldn't it, the original call on my tablet said it was a leak so I'm thinking condensate leak. So I go over there and I meet the guy and he's like, oh, I tried to put this unit in this this building I ran out. And, you know, I got my my EPA so I can do this. And I'm like, uh, OK, let's see what you did. And we walk back there and he shows me that and he put JV weld on the suction line and just he closed. He took off the old service valves out of the other condenser. And he said, I, I had to close those off because I didn't have a vacuum pump. So I kept the R22 in those lines. And then I put it in this 410A unit and I just put them together and released it. And it started leaking 
And I was like, oh my gosh, man. Please hey, well, at least at least he knew he needed a vacuum pump. He must have doing. He must have been watching some YouTube or something. He was actually a vending machine guy. Oh, so he knew. Oh, so he works on the cooling side of a vending machine. Is that what you're mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Really? And <laughs> he didn't understand that you couldn't put an R22, um, R22 refrigerant and piping with a 410A system. Apparently not. Under- oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a thing. So here. You guys have your EPA, which is um, in Canada or in Ontario, at least where I live here in, in the Toronto area. We have an equivalent called an ozone depletion card. And basically all that allows you to do is handle refrigerant. It allows you to go to the supplier, pick it up and handle it. But it doesn't give you it gives you zero training in field or theory about refrigeration, air conditioning, heating, nothing. So it's someone it's like somebody here going to get oh, doing a one day course getting their, their ODP card and saying, now I'm a tech. That's yeah. the equivalent to it. Exactly. Right. And, and that, yeah. that does not happen. I, it, well, I mean, I guess it can happen with some DIYers if they get their hands on, on some equipment somehow, because now, nowadays you can order equipment on Amazon, which is crazy and get it shipped to your house. And I guess DIYers try to throw them in, but I would say, don't, I always tell people, don't get scared of DIYers because they're going to create more work for us in the long run. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah you agree with that? Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Is, have you been to any other DIY calls because they have an EPA or, or they think they can, because they've, they've done something mechanical in their life. Now they think they can install an AC and it's just a disaster. Have you been to any other calls like that? The only other ones, they ran their own line set, but they didn't hook it up. So they let me flare it and they let me vacuum it and they let me check the charge and release everything. But they did all the electrical and set and everything, which I wasn't mad about. Mm-hmm. But that went okay? <laughs> yeah, they did a fantastic job. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least they knew enough not to try to do the rest. I mean, running piping, anybody can run a pipe. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not look the greatest if you're not using benders and all that kind of stuff, but anybody can run a pipe through a ceiling space or where, wherever it's, it's run to. But I mean, the whole execution of attaching it to the system, pressure testing it, pulling a vacuum, starting it up, checking it, making sure it works. A DIYer has no knowledge or experience or training on, on how to do this stuff. So in the end, like I said, DIYers, I'm not scared of them. Create <laughs> I'm not either. Way, way more work for all of us in the field. So let me ask you this. You said you're a journeyman now after two years, right? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Am yeah. I correct? Okay. So can you tell me how that process works in Kentucky? Because here it works a little different. You can't become a journeyman until at least five years in to an apprenticeship. So tell me how it works in Kentucky. So in Kentucky, you can either go to school for a year and then work under a master. HVAC guy uh, mm-hmm. or company, or you can work for two years under a master, and then you have to take a written test, just the code test, and then you can apply for your journeyman's license. Okay. And when you apply for that, what does that entail? Does that entail a bunch of tests, a test? Like how how do you go then and get your journeyman license? Oh, no, it's just the one code test. Okay, it's just the one code test. Okay. All right. And is it difficult? Like, is it a long test? Is it, um, do they give you study points and stuff like that in order to help you pass it? It's an open book. It was about 100 questions. Takes about three hours. Okay. That's not too bad. Yeah, no, ours, that's an awful. Yeah, I, I remember doing mine many moons ago, and it was it was actually way more than 100 questions. It was probably... Actually, maybe not way more. It was, I think it was about 150 questions, I believe, multiple choice. And it was like it, two or three answers could be almost identical to each other in your multiple yeah. choice. And you have to pick like the most right one, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, they, it's like they try to trick you on purpose. Is it like uh-huh. that where you are as well? Oh, yeah, they did. They tried. All right. So your typical, your residential only or do you do commercial as well i do commercial and residential and what do you like the best uh depends on my mood i feel like talking (laughs) to people on i like residential 
If I want to yeah. be so low, just throw me on a dike and VRV and let me just leave me alone all day. Oh, wow. So you do VRV work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you enjoy that stuff? I do. It's, it's a lot different. So it's, it's a different puzzle to figure out. Oh, a hundred percent it is because it's all electronics and a laptop and, and all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah. do you install them as well as service them? I'm not on the install crew. So we have a whole commercial side that does all the install and then I'll go do commissioning and startup and then I'll also service them. Perfect. So I haven't worked on many Dakin VRVs. Uh, so when I do, it's like back to the drawing board uh, with the codes. I got to look them up. Uh, I think there's a, I think there's an app for that. I pretty, there is. And it's fantastic. Sure, yeah. What's the app called again, Brittany? Do you remember? Uh, Daikin Tech Hub. Is that what it's called? I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Yeah, it's Tech Hub. Okay. And then you can flow through that and, and pick up your your codes and your alarm codes and stuff like that. Right? Yeah, it'll tell you all your error codes, your field settings, all the fun stuff. All right. So, I mean, you like you like to be chatty with the residential customers, and that is something that I, I kind of preach in, in a way to create relationships. So do you have a, you have a, like a preferred method on, on how you approach a residential customer and, and how you gain rapport and create a relationship? I don't really have a system for it. I just started, I just say, Hey, how you doing? And I mean, down here, everybody just talks to each other. They don't care well, who that- you are. That, that's a system. Hey, how you doing? I mean, that's, that's, that's a great way to get in there, right? Is, is say hi and ask people how they are. Cause if you could just show up, knock on the door, Hey, I'm here to fix your AC. Right. I mean, that creates zero rapport. So yeah. Hey, how you doing? And getting somebody to acknowledge how they're doing that day, I find is a, is a good way to, to kind of get your foot in the door to creating relationships with, with your customers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you at this point in time? I'm 31. 31. Okay. So a couple of years in. Are Do you have kids and stuff? Are you married? Nope. Not yet? Not yet. None? Zero to none of the above? <laughs> I have nephews. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, so that means you can work long hours. Yeah, and I do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. And I actually talked about that. I made a little video today about when... Winning, when winning, when to decide to open up your own HVAC company. One of the factors that I was talking about was family, the family aspect. And if you don't have one yet, it's much easier to go and start your own business because you don't have anybody at home that needs you there more than they need you at work type thing. Right? Yeah. So is that something that you might be striving for in the future is to run your own business. It's actually not something I'm interested in. Why? I'm just not that, that kind of driven person to want to have my own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that too many years ago until, until I didn't until I stopped wanting or I guess I should say I, I've never really liked taking direction from other people when I'm out on a job and, and I know what's right and what's wrong and the way I, I want to do things and the way I should tackle things. And somebody in an office is saying, no, 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 don't do it like that. After a while that, that gets to a person or it got to me anyway, and it starts to eat away at me. I'm like, ah, I need to do this for myself now. Yeah. So so you're good with being a team player, player, team member and, and working for somebody and just going home and not having to worry about the aftermath, the paperwork, the chasing oh. the money. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that. No, I mean, nobody is, but I'll tell you, it's the best decision that I've made. I think in my, in my career is, is making the decision, um, putting all the pieces in place and making sure the pieces were in place at the proper times and moving 
in my own direction and being my own boss. It's, it's probably the best thing and the best feeling I've ever had in my life. So I'll just, I'll leave that with you <laughs> and see, see if it resonates around for a while, because I'm telling you five, eight, nine years into this, you, you might change your mind. Like it's, so if, if the goal right now is not to run your own business, what is, what is a, a long-term goal for you at this point in this industry? So my immediate goal right now is just to be the best, the best in my company and then the best in my town and then the person somebody, everybody calls. So like when I started in HVAC I'd, in service, uh, I went to work, I hung out with my journeyman all day and I figured out what I needed to learn and I went home and I studied and I looked online and I busted out the AC service tech book and I read it front to back and I listened to podcasts and I just collected any kind of information I could so that I could just know everything. That's, that's a, that's commendable. And a lot of people ask me online, how do I become the best technician? Well, what you just said is how you do it. You yeah. absorb everything. You absorb everything you can. Uh, you work on a piece of equipment, you come home and you Google, like if you're working on a, like you said, they can VRV, go home and Google, they can VRV and see how much information you can pull up on it and just read, watch videos, absorb, uh, find any information you can. But you said something that was interesting. You said, you just want to be the best. I like that. So what happens when you become the best? Quick break, let's talk about a couple of codes we have to save you guys some money. The first code out of True Tech Tools in Cleveland, Ohio is KnowItAll. That is our code that will save you 8%. Use code KnowItAll on most of the items on their online store to save you 8% on your purchase. All right, the other code we're, we're going to use is from emotorsdirect.ca. If you use code HVAC KnowItAll, that's going to save you 8% on your motor or motor accessory order. So, What's the benefit of ordering a motor online? Well, it can be delivered to your site or your house. You don't have to go to a supplier and pick it up. It can be at your door and then you leave from your own home, take it to the customer and, and all said and done. So it's something that as a new business owner and trying to save money and, and, and keep that cash flow coming in to utilize not spending some gas, perhaps order it to my house and get on the road from home. Anyway, those are the codes. JB Warranties, guys. JB Warranties, what are they? They provide warranty coverage outside of the OEM's warranty coverage. So if your customer is looking for some peace of mind beyond the coverage that the OEM warranty gives them, JB Warranties provides that type of service. So just contact them. Check them out online. Contact them if you want to provide some longer warranty periods for your customers. Company Cam is something that has been around for maybe two to three, maybe even four years now, helping companies get organized through through media files, like images, videos, voiceovers, um, layover text and stuff on pictures and stuff like that. Instead of sifting through your phone and emails trying to find all the information you need, you create a job file. Everything goes to the cloud for that specific job and everybody that's involved with that job can go back, look at it through that job progression and later on if there's any issues with the customer we can go back and look at all and, and, and all of the the steps that were taken during that job so it's all right there saved on the cloud not taking up space on your phone or on your google drive or or, or your your apple storage whatever you're using anyway check out company Cam. then what then, then i think what? i want to train the best then you want to train the best okay yeah that's 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 also commendable because teaching is not something that everybody is designed for because it requires a high level of patience and mm -hmm. um, because you get a lot of, when you teach, let's say you're in a class of 30 people or let's say it's online and it's still a class of 30 people. You have everything in between. You have people with little knowledge and I hate to say it, but little common sense mm -hmm. <clears throat> because they haven't been taught general common sense about many things. It might not be their fault. Um, then you have the high end level student that really that goes home and studies everything and, and comes to class 
well prepared and as advanced and they don't want to listen to your teachings anymore trying to teach the people that are getting lost behind the people that are kind of at the back of the class right so it requires a high level of patience do you have any how would you teach what what like would you want to teach in front of people online uh, like in the field like as a trainer like what are your thoughts on that it would probably be in the field because i, yeah. I just i'm working on the patient still mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but i at another company i was at i was a manager and they sent me to a train the trainer class and i really enjoyed it and they said the best way to learn anything is to read it do it and then teach it and then you'll have it that's the best way to be good at something so that's on my my steps of how to be the best you know what you're you're gonna be i'm telling you right now from the things you're telling me i mean you've already got you've already got this you like i (laughs) you've got it you have it down And, and i'll tell you why because knowing that when you teach it makes you better is is so true because if you can teach it to somebody that means you know it well like i mean i mean truly teach it to somebody teach it to somebody like they're five years old and you have to explain to them from the very very basic level and make a five-year-old understand it and order in order to do that it takes time and effort to be able to teach that way it doesn't happen overnight because as a teacher you're going to get critiqued you're going to get um, you're, you're going to have people say, well, uh, I don't think so. Or I don't understand that. And and if you're teaching something for five weeks and everybody takes the test and everybody and, and they don't do so well, is it because the teachings were off? You have to keep bettering yourself in order to serve your students well. So you got all this already. Like, like, where's your mentorship coming from? Is it from the people you work with? Is it from the people that you read online and the books and the videos and the podcasts and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoy the people I listen to on, on my podcast. And of course you not to toot your horn, but, and then there's the, the people I work with, like, um, my boss's boss. He was my, when my service manager quit and went and did his own company thing. And he was my go-to guy. Like, uh oh, I need tech support. Who do I call? My manager's gone, so I'll call his boss. And he really stepped up to the plate and kind of gave me the drive to be better because we would sit and just talk about HVAC stuff and stories. And it really mm-hmm. made me feel good that I wasn't the only one that was out here trying to sink or swim. Um, and now my boss, my new service manager, he's fantastic. So he's very helpful. Um, he just, he asked me the same things you do. Like, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What's your goals? So I have a really that's good great. support team where I work. That's, that's great. And that's, that was, I was, it was going to lead up to that. Cause I ask every female that comes on the podcast, how males in a male dominated trade have treated you or, uh, maybe not treated you, but how they kind of like when you walked in, into the shop, Oh, here's our new, here's our new tech, Brittany. Like how did they react? Was there any negativity or is it all positive for you? Oh, they already knew me. So they were like, Oh shit, here we go. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so when you, okay. So let's take it back even further. When you started as a carpenter, was there any weird kind of vibes when you were a female carpenter working amongst the other men? I got a few funny looks, but after a while, you know, a couple jokes and everybody cuts up, they feel pretty comfortable around me. So you're telling, you're telling the jokes or they're telling the jokes. <laughs> we, we both do. We, we kind of okay. compete on who has the best joke, but going to the so, supply houses, I get funny looks sometimes. Yeah. I've heard stories uh, about that. I've heard stories about um, a female calling in and saying, Hey, you have such and such. And they're like, oh, just get your tech to call me and, and we'll talk. Right. I've had that. Yep. I've had that. And, and the girl's like, I am the tech. Like, Bozo, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's good that you've had some positive uh, interactions and positive vibes. I like to hear that. And it's good that 
you have a good sense of humor because I mean, walking into a situation where you're uncomfortable and making fun of yourself in such a way that's kind of also respectful of yourself really breaks the ice and it kind of gets everybody loose and and, in a good mood. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So do you have any, uh, any good stories about lately about besides the, the, the the DIYers, any good stories where you, you came across something and it was something that you were challenged upon and maybe pulling your hair out you eventually came to the conclusion and got everything up and running again do you have anything like that in mind that you can talk about there actually was one recently it was a mitsubishi mitsubishi i can't even say it mitsubishi mini split so it had a three heads and it was in three different offices so two of the offices were having issues and the other one was fine so like what the heck are they doing here so I go in and one of them's just freezing up and the other one's not cooling at all, but the fan's running. So I couldn't figure it out. So um, I checked the charge. I pulled it and weighed it and like, what in the world is going on? So then one of them, the one that was freezing, kept giving me a airflow uh, code. Mm-hmm. Like So I just started checking the blower. So I turned it in heat mode to melt the ice off because I was getting fed up with it. And uh, I got the blower to come on. So I was like, well, probably not it. Filters are clean. Coils are clean. I don't know. This is weird. So I go back to the other room and turn them all to cooling. And I just said to heck with the one on the end for a while. Um, So I turn on the one in the middle and the fan comes on, but it's not cooling. So Mm -hmm. I go back to the one... I'm like, well, I I just, I don't want to mess with that either. (laughs) I was literally pulling my hair out. So I go back to the other one and the fans, it's off. The fan's off, but it's flowing refrigerant. So somewhere in the main PCB on the outdoor unit, the EUVs are switching and cooling, but not in heating. So it was super weird. And I just, I don't know. I called my... Yeah, go on. Sorry. I called my uh, one of my Fujitsu reps and I was like, man, have you ever heard of this? Because this is crazy. Like, so what, you, I'm... Called a Fujit- you called a Fujitsu rep for a Mitsubishi? Well, he's a local guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I go in and ask him questions all the time and okay. annoy him. So I asked him and he was like, you know, I've, I've seen that happen. You need to check your thermistors and check this and check that. So I was like, okay. So I did all that and I went up to the roof and I just swapped the EEV ports and it cooled just fine. And then I went and ordered a PCB. Hmm. Interesting. It was wild. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult when you have to troubleshoot electronic stuff. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's, uh, you, you gotta know, unless you know the order of operations fully for that electronic board, and it's all written in code, so it's difficult to understand what what happens, like when it receives power and these inputs and what outputs are supposed to go out and how they're supposed to modulate and act. Uh, but I'll tell you one that was this was this a city multi or was it um, like a condensed unit that had different ports for for the different zones? Or it was, was it just a, a little zoned condenser. Okay. All right, because when you were describing this, I have encountered something similar, and I will let you know what that is, and, and the audience as well, in case they ever run into this. Run into this, but it, same thing, Mitsubishi, uh, but it was a city multi. You, you know the difference between the city multi and the and, and the multi zone. I've read about them. Okay, so the city multi basically, and, and for those that don't know, city multi is basically a two pipe system. Two pipes leave the condensing unit, and then they tee off to the the heads. Right, and then the piping branch reduces as it hits each head, and then it tees off. And then when it gets to the end, that's the end. There's no, there's no coming back. Well, there is coming back, but it's only two pipes. Right? It's not like three zones and six pipes. It's three zones and two pipes. Um, it's a v, VRV system, right? Or VR, VRF, as Mitsubishi would call it. Um, so I had the same problem. It was a three-head unit, and one of the heads was not cooling. 
And if you put your gauges on the system, the low pressure would, would dive at, at times. And it looked like it was like low on charge. That's the way it looked, right? And because it's it's a VRF, it's modulating, it's changing all the time. There's no real way to check superheat subcooling because it's all over the place. And what it ended up being, and I've had this problem now a few times, like more than once, I probably had it five or six times. They call them, the, the EEVs, they call them linear expansion valves, or at least they used to back then. I don't know if they still do, Mitsubishi. But the linear, the linear, the linear, lin, now I can't speak. <laughs> The, the, I'll just say expansion valve. The expansion valve, and then there's a little troll. There's a little electronic troll motor that sits on the top, right? And it's like a stepper motor. And that stepper motor had failed or it was acting wonky. And you can fix that, actually. Kind of. You can take that stepper motor off the valve, and there's a pin underneath. And once you take it off, the pin shoots up. And that puts the valve in a full open position. So it will full full flow refrigerant through all the time. But in a pinch, if it's the middle of the summer and that head it's cooling and the and, and the unit shutting off on low pressure because that expansion valve won't open, but it's calling and it's ramping up the ref, the, the compressor, but the the valve won't open. It does all wonky stuff and it goes off on alarms and stuff like that. You can actually, there's there's a little swivel nut. You can take that um, expansion, um, the separate motor off the expansion valve and the little pin pops up and now it's wide open. And I've, I've done this in a pinch uh, many times just to keep the cooling going. Have you come across that at all? I haven't. We don't have a lot of city multi here. Okay. All right. Well, if you do, now that now you're armed with some... With, with some information and I'm armed with some information too, because what you just described to me, and that's why these conversations are, are good because sharing this information with each other, we learn from each other and the audience also learns from us. So, I mean, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else that comes across as being something that you thought was super stressful or, or super difficult to figure out and you just work your way through it. Hmm. Um, I can't remember any others here recently. That's fine. If, if you think about good. it, but, yeah, well, it seems that way. I can't, <laughs> I can't No, but I can't believe that the way the terminology you use, um, the way you're speaking to me and you've been only at this for two years, it, it blows my mind. So, I can just imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years for you. You are going to be the best. That's the goal. That's the goal. And then you're <laughs> going to start your own company and be the best company in your area, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. So let's talk about some tools that you like to use. Do you, oh. are you a fan? Are you a fan of digital gauges or do you still rock the old schools? I have the old schools, but I rock the Testo 550S's. Okay. And what do you like better? the testo yeah and why why do you like them better do you find them more efficient i'm so much faster i mean i can do the superheat and subcooling on my old analogs with my my little thermistor thermometers and i can do the things if i need to if my batteries are dead but i'm just a lot faster with my bluetooth tools mm -hmm. yeah i agree the efficiency is incredible and people are like, well, I, I can do math. The analog users that don't want to admit that digital might be better. They're like, well, I don't need digital to do math in my head. It's not, about, <laughs> it's not about, it's not about subtracting 50 uh, or 40 from 50 and getting 10 degrees subcooling. Everybody can do that. In their head. Come on. It's about being efficient. It's about seeing everything on one screen. It's about generating reports. It's just, there's just, it's just a whole new world. I remember my buddy got, a set of uh, Teslas about six, seven years ago. And he calls me up and he's like, game changer. Like the first thing he said to me was game changer, bud. I go, what do you mean? He's like, I just used those Teslas today. He's like, game changer. I said, you like them? He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I can't believe I waited this long to get them. So as far as, okay, that's out of the way. What other, what other um, tools of yours are you a fan of and what, what do you like using the most on your job sites? Like what do you have a specific brand use or anything like that? 
I'm definitely Milwaukee and Testo and Nipex. Yep. yep. Those are those are my fixes. I'm a junkie, if you will. Well, I will I will highly agree on and, and you know the, the real way to say Nipex? You ever heard the real Kinipex, yeah. So <laughs> that's that's funny, but it's easier just to say Nipex. But it is. It's I had um I had a gentleman on the podcast that was from that area, Germany. Um, yeah. And and he's like, and I'm like, how do you say it? Come on, tell me. He's like, yeah, it's Kinipex. I'm like, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, those tools are phenomenal. Like they cost a lot of money. But you're never going to get a, set, a, a better set of, um, I, I, I dare I say, channel locks uh, because they're they're just so high end. I actually lost a pair, and I was furious because I paid seventy five bucks for them. Oh my gosh, and, they're and cheaper I, down I, here. Well, remember <laughs> that I'm in Canadian dollars too, so that's probably oh, about, yeah, true, true. It's probably about sixty five bucks US or something, or maybe yeah. a little bit cheaper than that, maybe like sixty bucks US or something. Like that. Um. But phenomenal tools. Uh, oh, Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee, I can't say that I've, I've never... So when I first started in the trade, I bought my first DeWalt drill. And I just never went back from DeWalt because the, the battery... I, I've always gone to Home Depot and looked at Milwaukee stuff. But it's like, it doesn't come with the battery. And I'm like, well, now i got to go buy another battery platform. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Um, so I've just stuck with DeWalt through the years. And, and I find that some of their products are starting to get uh, a lot better. Uh, what made you go with Milwaukee when you first started? Is that because everybody else around you was using it or was that maybe your first purchase in a power tool? Actually, we we were all Hilti. So oh, they gave you? me a big, heavy Hilti drill and impact driver. And I said, no, thank you. I will take this M12 little tiny impact gun and it fits perfectly in my little tool bag. And I'm good with that. I can get in tight spaces with it. So I'm fine with my little Milwaukee M12s. And it escalated. So if you ever do buy some Milwaukee stuff, be aware that you will be spending a pretty penny. Just know that. Yeah. It, it is It is slightly more costly than DeWalt. And I have nothing against Milwaukee. I just, I, every time I go to look at something Milwaukee I just don't want to buy the batteries with it when I've already got like eight DeWalt batteries right <laughs> oh I just and, mean and, you're going to get addicted because their tools are amazing yeah well it seems that way I mean it seems that it seems that anybody that has Milwaukee is like a fanboy or fangirl of Milwaukee and and that's just it it just doesn't change right and anytime you go to a trade show Milwaukee's always got the bigger booth and DeWalt's beside them with a smaller booth. And it, it, they have the market. I'm not going to disagree with that. They've got the market. Uh, their tools, I can't speak for them because I've never used them. But everybody that I've spoken to says their tools are better than DeWalt. But everybody that has DeWalt says their tools are better than <laughs> Milwaukee. So it's, it's one of those fights that no one's ever going to win. It's just going to be a battle all the time. Team, I think everybody team, you know. has their, their one thing. You know, maybe DeWalt has a better impact or Milwaukee has a better impact or one of them has a better drill. I mean, you just got to look at it that way. Just pick which tool fits you. For me, I just wanted a smaller, compact drill. Mm -hmm. And then there's so, the pack out really got me. So, oh, you know, yeah, the, pack out, the pack outs are good. Yeah, I'm yeah. poor now. Are you? <laughs> so, your van is is like packed out with packets yeah yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> you should uh have you ever posted a picture of it i haven't it's always oh. very dirty and i haven't got clean enough I'm embarrassed that's okay you know what my van needs i need to make a trip to the dump with my van right now um so let me ask you this pulling a vac like th these are debates I just want to get your take on it. How do you pull a vacuum on a system that you just installed? What's your procedure? Oh, I'm busting out the Appian hoses, the half inch. Yeah. Or nice. what are they? The, yeah, the half inch. Uh, got Meg, both Megaflow? of those. With the, yes, with the Appian core removers. 
And then I have the Bluvac Micron Gauge, Bluvac Pro Plus one. I don't know. The really cool one. Yeah. Um, so I'm pulling down to, I want to shoot for about 200 and then do my decay test. Mm-hmm. So you're pulling your procedure and setup and tools are better than a lot of guys that have been in this trade for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. It, it, it's, it's, it's so difficult to, to tell a guy that's been pulling a vacuum through his manifold gauge and with the cores in that it might, it, even though you will eventually get down there, it'll take a lot longer. Doing it this way is a lot faster. It's it's like pulling hair to try to get people to change. Now, when you first started, did you pull a vacuum through a manifold? When I first started, yes, I did. Okay. I'm, I'm guilty. So my boss is my boss's boss, my, the main man that hired me. He told me that you pull a vacuum through your through your gauges and then you close off your valves. And you watch and see if the needle bounces. And I told him after a couple days of vacuum procedure research, I said, we will not be doing that. We had a, a job about 45 minutes away. He, I told him I needed help lifting this big compressor out. And he said, well, I don't have anybody to help you, so I'll go with you. And I said, listen, man, we're just not going to do your vacuum procedure. We're going to do mine. I don't mean any disrespect, but that's just awful. It sounds awful and I don't like it. <laughs> and wow. he said, no, nope, we're going to pull through our gauges. It's going to be fast and it's going to be good. And yeah. We, he just, he had a phone call to make. So I, I went and hooked up my vacuum setup and it, it was over and done with very quickly. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. You just told him how it was. So I had He's an argument. it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as, as long as he's okay, as long as you guys don't get into rifts over it and, and, and there's bad blood, then I don't see what the problem is, right? Oh, no. We argued for like a good um, 20 minutes about it. Did you? <laughs> it was hilarious. Was it? <laughs> so I had an argument with um, an older gentleman, too, that we were talking about this on the Facebook page. And he's like, he's like, a vacuum is only as good. You can only pull a vacuum as good as the, the the size of the opening on the system. And I'm like, no, no, you're you're wrong on that. And he's like, no, no, that's how it's been for years. And I'm like, okay. So all I did, I sent him a YouTube video that I did where I compared a quarter inch hose to a uh, a true blue hose on the same recovery bottle, the same recovery uh, tank. Right? It was empty, and the true blue hose was more than it was. It was less than half the time of the quarter inch hose on the, the exact same port on the exact same tank, the exact same vacuum pump. And I'm like, I was blown away. This was the first test I'd ever done to compare it. And I'm like, wow, that's larger hoses do make a difference. Oh yeah. This is how I'm pulling. This is how I'm pulling a vacuum from now on going from my, my system right to the pump with a larger hose and a quarter inch hose a hundred percent all the time. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, what, what else? I mean, we've talked about how you got into the trade, your future. You want to be, you want to teach and train, which is very commendable and you're not sure about business ownership tools. Uh, what else? How about this? So what, what would you say to other females right now? If they're, Hopefully other females get, get a hold of this recording and, and listen to it and listen to how after two years, you've already got this down pat. You got a better vacuum set up than guys that have been in the trade for 20 years, like I said already, right? Um, you want to teach this already. You have obviously a good head on your shoulders. You're, you bring humor to the, to the game and, and make the trade fun for yourself and, and the people you're working with. Give us some advice for another young female that might be thinking, or not even a young female, but a female that might be in a transitional period with their career. Give them some motivation. Give them some advice in in coming into the HVAC world. Yeah, so uh, for the girls out there that want to do HVAC, I say just find a foot to sit in. I mean, we had never had one in Owensboro, where I'm from. 
And I was the first female technician. So I just jumped in. And ever since, I've, everybody at the supply house is great. Uh, they stick up for me if anybody says, oh, they let girls do HVAC. Um, all the guys that I work with are fantastic. And if you go somewhere where you don't aren't appreciated, just find somewhere else. There's plenty of places that would love to have the female perspective. Um, and my boss said he wanted a female because women, some of our female customers weren't comfortable with a man coming in their home and then being alone with them. So, I mean, there's always a niche for it. And it's not just a man's job. I can lift an 80 pound compressor just as good as a man. I just do it a little bit differently. So. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. And yeah, we had this conversation. I think it was at CMPX. I had, uh, I had three females in the trades on, on the show and they were talking about how men, they have more upper strength, but women seem to have, uh, more lower strength and they have to position their bodies differently in order to move things like how they're moving things with their legs or, or using their legs as leverage for different things and stuff like that, because they couldn't match the, the body's the upper body strength of their male coworker. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that true? Is, he, is there any truth to that? Oh yeah, that's definitely true for me. <laughs> I definitely yeah. live with my legs more than, more than the men do. And they, if they come over and pick up something I, they think I'm struggling with just because I'm doing it different, I just tell them, go be in a show off and put that down. Let me get it. <laughs> just watch me do it. Just stand back yeah. and watch. It's fine. And they're probably doing it with their back, right? Most of the time, yeah. Poor things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one thing that a lot of younger guys, younger men, because you, you got to be a man, right? You have to go and, and just you have to struggle and you got to lift things and <laughs> you can't find an easier way to do something because you're not a man at that point. Oh yeah. So be a man. yeah, be a, be a man. So <laughs> I, I mean, Brittany, thank you very much for this. This was uh this was a good conversation and I think you go in places in this trade. So well, uh, congrats, congrats on, on where you've got to this point. And, and I know you're, uh, I know one day you're going to own your own company. Right? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, stopping by. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. So let me just say this females that want to enter the trade, you just got some great insight from Brittany, but anybody that's in the trade, she's been in the trade for two years. Can you hear how she speaks, how she wants to be the best, how she goes home and studies and, and reads books and listens to podcasts. And she's just all over the place when it comes to absorbing information. If you guys want to be the best at something, it has to be built within you that it's a 24-7 thing. You have to live and breathe it, or you're not going to be the best. It's just going to be something you do on the side. You will never be the best if you don't live, breathe, and absorb every single bit of information that comes your way. So anyway, thank you, Brittany, very much for this opportunity to interview you. I, I had a blast, and you're welcome back anytime. But I'm out, guys. Thank you to the Master Group once again. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know-It-All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.